0: You're listening to To The Spirit
1: Podcast.
2: Hi, friends, and welcome to The Spirit. I'm your host, Beck.
3: And I'm your co-host, Steph.
2: Hi, Steph. Hi, Beck. Today's episode is all about urban legends and bonfire tales.
3: Tis the season. It is. Personally, I like a nice fall bonfire. Well, me too. I don't get to do much because I live in an apartment building. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: I was lucky enough to host a little bonfire, and we got some pretty cool stories from our guests at that bonfire, and we're going to share those stories with you. But before we dive into the bonfire stories, we need to talk about local urban legends. Now, I know everyone and their grandmother that podcasts does urban legends, but ours are different. How are they different? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how they're different. They're just different. They're
3: similar to many urban legends, but also they're our own here in, in Syracuse. So it's something that we... It's like from your childhood, you just hear this from your parents, or then you hear it in the news, or you hear it somewhere. Hear from your friends.
2: The first urban legend is 13 Curves that I'm coming up
3: with. Yes, I've heard heard this from my childhood. Yeah. Now, 13 Curves,
2: as the legend goes, was a young married couple that died when they were thrown from their car in a gruesome crash on Cedarville Road. So the winding strip of road between West Seneca Turnpike and Pleasant Valley Road became known as 13 Curves. For you that don't live in this area, that means nothing to you. But actually, as you go up this one-mile strip of road, it does indeed have 13 turns. Have you ever been up that road?
3: Yes. No, many, many times. My dad would drive us there just for like a Sunday drive. Let's go to 13 Curves. That would be my dad's, like, initiation. Let's do something today on Sunday. And it was always 13 Curves. What I really loved about it is there was a diner right at the corner. And the diner... Do, 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 <laughs> do, do. What is the the name of that song? <laughs> Isn't it like Tom's Diner? Tom's Diner, <laughs> I know. So this diner always had like chocolate milk, which you can get chocolate milk anywhere. But in my point of view at the time, chocolate milk was only at this diner for some reason. <laughs> and I would blow bubbles into it. These are all my weird memories. And they had Hoffman hot dogs. Now that's another urban legend. <laughs> of Syracuse. So if anyone's from here, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you out-of-towners
2: that moved from Syracuse are always asking us to send you the Hoffman Hots.
3: Yeah. And now Hoffman's is like a national brand just recently, but it would, before it was just local. You had to go to certain places that sold it. And every picnic, every barbecue has Hoffman hot dogs. And the, and they're like the real casing. They're not like those cheap hot dogs. They're really expensive, too. It's like it's not like you're going to... no. This you wasn't know. no
2: ballpark, Frank.
3: No. <laughs> they don't plump when you cook them.
2: <laughs> Oh, boy. Let's get back to 13 Curbs. Okay. So, so... Uh, I did a 13 Curbs trip with the girls, I think, back in high school days or maybe out of high school days, just in, like, early college days. I'll do a shout-out to Alina and Thor. I had a good friend that had a SUV that we used to take on. Lots of fun adventures. And that's going to tie into some of these other urban legends, so I'll bring that in now. So Alina and Thor. Who's and- Thor. Thor is the name of the SUV.
3: Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So uh, we would You just... guys went on urban legend or urban. Uh, what explorations. Explorations without me, I think. And we I forgot do. who Thor was.
2: Yeah. So we, we did some urban explorations, so and we would do 13 curbs late at night. Sometimes we'd even turn the headlights
3: off and be a little crazy. But
2: I've never, you know, I never saw anything. Yeah.
3: No, I never saw anything. My father would scare the crap out of us because we would go sometimes during the day sometimes during the night. And we were real little, and he would start telling us the story. We would go down the curves, and then he'd build up the story. And then at one point, he would go, there she is! And we'd be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> My dad would do this to us. We had a lot of fun with it. It's funny, I just went there probably a year ago to show someone that was young visiting with us so they could see it. And what shocked me the most is that it's actually a very short drive. To me, it seemed like it lasted forever as a kid, and then I realized, I'm like, this is not a long road at all. But there is definitely 13 curves. It's very treacherous. So in the winter, like Syracuse winters are, oh, they're horrible. We're the snowball city, y'all. Yeah. When we have snow, there's ice. There's, You have to really learn how to drive here. You can't just come here and think, oh, I can handle snow. You don't understand.
2: Well, you end up like the dead couple yeah. in 13 curves
3: wasn't there long ago. It's not a very long road. And we went on a nice, like, rainy fall day, too, about a year ago. So it was nice to see it again. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. always totally believed in it because they come out every year with a news article to remind you that this is the anniversary. There's a plaque there now, which I I don't know how long that's been there, but there's an actual marker at the beginning of the road that gives, it like, a historical prominence.
2: So let's move into... The next urban legend, which would be the ghosts of Landmark Theater. Now, every theater and every town seems to have the white woman. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think this is. When are
3: we going to have different. a black woman? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Y'all get out
3: of my theater. <laughs> <laughs> um. We've offended so many people. Oh, no, now. no, sorry.
2: No. The uh, Landmark is actually a historic theater. In downtown Syracuse and apparently it's seen its fair share of reported haunts. Visitors report seeing a ghost named Clarissa haunting the balcony where she fell to her death. Now I've been in the landmark several times. I actually even went to see Chip Coffee and John Zaffis and some pretty special guest talk about paranormal state and things that investigations.
3: I had no idea you did that. I love Chip Coffee, And I'm they like- did
2: a ghost hunt after and a ghost hunt, not ghost hunt. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and they did a ghost hunt after, and, uh, and I, I didn't stay for that. The tales of Clarissa are so prevalent that in 1991, the theater hosted a play in her honor. It was called Clarissa, Grand Dame of the
3: Landmark Theater. I've never heard of this whatsoever. I've kind of heard things about the Landmark Theater. Interestingly, though, before Marilyn Manson had a big concert there, which all the Christians were in uproar about, and I was really upset about because I really don't like a lot of the stuff he did in his concerts. But a friend of mine who is, she's Catholic, and she's passed away now, went there the day before with another friend of mine and planted medals of the Virgin Mary all through the... <laughs> <laughs> During the concert? <laughs> no, before. Like, they just oh. showed up. Can we have a tour of Landmark Theatre? Like, Sure. <laughs> And they planted blessed, like exercise medals, secretly in different locations <laughs> at this so venue. All the, the Marilyn Manson heads were like finding little blessed medals. I don't th- know if they if they found any. Maybe that would have been amazing. I've never heard a story of anyone finding it, but I guess it was considered one of the blandest concerts that he's done. Not like, I don't know, super outrageous. I know that we have another venue here in Syracuse called the Lost Horizon. It's been there forever. And I think he was kicked out. He was told never to come back because they destroyed this place after a concert. It was the fans plus uh, Marilyn Manson. I always thought that was funny that they did that there beforehand. I don't know much about the landmark. I've heard rumors that it was haunted, and I I wouldn't doubt it. I know where my dad worked, the local Channel 9. There was a story of a person that used to work there that haunted it, but that's all I remember growing up as a kid. Nothing nothing too... There was also Charlie,
2: the maintenance worker, who lived in the boiler room, Okay, and they said he died of natural causes, but they say you can still hear Why did he live
3: in the boiler room? I have no idea,
2: and why did he have a dog? They say they can hear a dog barking, so Charlie's living down in the boiler room with his... That's kind of Freddy Krueger-esque, isn't it? Yeah, it it sounds like Freddy (laughs) Krueger. Let's go in and just share a bonfire story now.
3: My
0: family used to
3: live
4: in Binghamton. We had, like, we had a lot of land... I remember sitting in the car. It was like uh, I think it was Good Friday, and um, I was thinking about my mom because she uh, passed away, and I was kind of asking for like a sign that she was in heaven. Or, but I didn't take it too seriously. And then, um, and then I saw a giant thing fly through the sky. It looked like a giant like UFO or like a ball of fire. It could have been just a
1: meteor,
4: meteor, but it was so huge. It was like the sun and just flew by
0: and i I panicked i thought it was the end of the world (laughs) and then i realized it must have been
4: just a meteor but i don't know what it was i look i looked in line and i couldn't find any anything about it in the news
2: did you take that as a sign
4: i yeah i did but i didn't know what it
1: was it was so weird it was like a big ball (laughs) blue white fire the next
2: urban legend that i have locally is split rock quarry now split rock quarry was something i wrote about in my book look up the journey of a soul satellite little quick plug there and in my book in my chapter it's called the dot because it used to be the department of transportation well i think that's what it turned into after the accident so let's get into what happened there and why it is what it is the quarry was producing tnt and other explosives for foreign countries prior to the u.s's involvement in world war one but on july 2nd of 1918 there was an explosion in the quarry and it killed 50 men The blast shook the whole Syracuse area. The explosion was caused by an overheated gear and grinding machine. But many said the enemy, central powers were behind the tragedy. Now, visitors have reported seeing ghosts and strange lights and feeling cold spots, you know, the usual hauntings, hearing noises, and other bizarre occurrences.
3: So, I've been there. Have you been there? No. I drive by it, like, on a weekly basis. I'm always by there. I've never been there. I know my brother, Tim, had some weird experience there that he told me about where they ran out because of they heard something spooky. I think my sister Jessica had been there.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I've never been in there. I've always wanted to go, but then not wanted to go because of the spookiness of it. I always felt like something bad was going to happen to you being over there for some reason. Now, have you ever seen the physical structure? No. No. It's weird. It looks kind of like a
2: uh, imagine a pyramid with two tunnels on the bottom and a, ton- a tunnel on the top.
3: Sounds ancient. It, <laughs> now, this tunnel went Pretty far, right? Didn't it go over uh, to the next town and, or something? I don't
2: know. I mean, there is a point where it cuts off. There, it, It's just the back of the building. So it doesn't connect okay. into anything, which maybe it did
3: at one time. I thought it connected from the Salve, town of Salve.
2: It might have since it was the Department of Transportation. At and one it point. went
3: through to there and then they were funneling
2: out mining stuff or whatever. Could be. I have a cousin who used to ride dirt bikes up there. Okay. And he had told me these tales when I was a kid. I think he was trying to scare me, too, and he, you know, would threaten to bring me there. But (laughs) I'm going to bring you there. He would ride his dirt bike. (laughs) And he pulled off on his dirt bike up near the DOT, the, you know, quarry. And he took a rock and he threw it in one of the tunnels. And apparently the rock came flying back out at him. He got back on his dirt bike and hauled ass out of there. That was one story I had heard about it. I'd gone up there with some friends and we had went at nighttime. And while I didn't see anything weird, when we pulled up, all the guys got out of the car again. We were with uh, Lena and Thor
4: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and uh, the girls waited in the car for them. A bunch of guys, a handful of guys went in and actually says they started exploring the tunnels they found in the middle of winter, by the way. I mean, it was freezing, snowing. And in the tunnel, there was a garbage can that had a fire going in it. Whoa. So they were like, uh, someone in here, someone living in here. I mean, this is a weird place to be, to be homeless and living. But they came running out, needless to say. And I had uh, hit the gas on Thor and kind of left a lot of them in the dust. So they were running as fast as they can and jumping on the side rails of the SUV. And we made
3: it out alive. But it (laughs) it was a little frightening. I know. That's weird. I feel like I remember hearing this story, but I haven't heard it in a long time. So maybe you showing up. And that there's this burning fire going that they saw you show up because you got your headlights going, you know, and then people took off. But what the hell are they doing over there with the fire? Why are they there? Yeah. But then it's a it's a place of legend. So it makes sense that there might be people trying to do the same thing that you guys were doing. Yeah. But it's creepy. It is
2: creepy. And I think there was some paranormal investigators that have picked up like EVPs inside. Disembodied voices, apparitions. It's got a creepy vibe. I'm I'm not going to doubt it. It
3: does. Just picking up on creepy vibes. I have to drive through there every day, and it feels weird when you go through there. There's a weird feel, and it's there's a lot of rocks everywhere. There's something because it was a rock quarry, and I don't know how in nature or how things work, but I mean, you can see on people's property they got rocks stacked making like fenced lines yeah, and everything. it
2: is creepy. It does have a weird vibe. It
3: has a weird feel to it. And it's only in this small area. So I don't know, but it, it has that feel. Every time since I was a child, I cannot say. And it, I don't think it's just a mental thing that, you know, me going in there. I don't go, I'm going close to Split Rock, but it feels that way. I don't know if it's because of the rock, if there's something that yeah, has Energy. Yeah, like an ener- energy. just an energy in that area. Let's go into
2: another bonfire story.
5: Okay. Well, I mean, there was this one time where I woke up in a bathtub, and I thought that my, uh, I, it was uh, my side was really hurting, and then I, uh, I looked, I looked down, and I actually I had to I had to call 911 right away because I had been roofied that night, and I somebody stole my kidney. That's not funny. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Literally, back on September 2nd last year. I'm serious. I only have one kidney now. I only have one. Once, once, a, once a year, I have to go to the doctors because they have to do this one thing where they flush it and touch it and you know, like move it all around, and make sure it's yeah. we're still operating well.
2: So the next urban legend is the Cardiff
3: Giant. Yes, I've definitely heard of this one.
2: The Cardiff Giant, many of you may or may not know, was unearthed in oh, geez, around this time, October eighteen sixty nine, and. It was located in Cardiff, New York. Onlookers at that time, they paid about 50 cents, which is the equivalent of $9 today. That's a lot. I know, right? $9. To view the 10 foot, 4 inch long, 2,990 pound gypsum giant. The giant was later revealed to be a hoax, and it was orchestrated by George Hull, who purchased this five ton block of gypsum in Iowa, and he had carved it and had it buried in Cardiff.
3: I didn't know much about it at the time. Now, my father, we rarely went on a vacation, so he set up this vacation for us. It was like a car ride vacation, not getting on a plane Kind of like a 13 Curbs vacation? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This was farther. We only, I think a few times in my life, did my father spend the time to go outside of our city to do something interesting. But this was one of them. The other time, we'd go to the Adirondack Mountains or whatever and visit a few places. But this time we went to Cooperstown, New York. I was so excited to to see this because I full-heartedly believed in it. I heard that it was a hoax. I wouldn't accept it at the time. I was like, no, this has got to be definitely a giant, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I was a child. And my dad would play into it too. So I he would he would push my beliefs into that it was a giant. So was this like kind of an ink into Bigfoot? No, I don't know. I didn't know about Bigfoot at the time too much. To me, it was just like... It was a big person that existed. So it
2: didn't look like a Bigfoot.
3: No, it, I liked the artist that made it. It definitely looks like maybe like a petrified thing. Okay. You know, like if you ever seen anything petrified. So it wasn't a lot of detail. It wasn't like this extremely detailed carving. It looked like something that kind of aged into something. Easily,
2: it, easily dupable then.
3: Easily dupable. It looked definitely aged. So it duped me. <laughs> For real it (laughs) (laughs) It would have duped me too I'm sure. But I was willing it to be duped because I wanted it even though all the evidence even at the time was that this was definitely a hoax but I was so excited to see that. The other place that we went to uh, two places that we went to in the trip was a petrified creatures museum.
2: Oh so that just added to. Oh
3: it's amazing yeah and it was a place where you'd walk through the woods and literally these were like molds or like like created models of dinosaurs that are so ridiculously fake looking but that i believed also (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) because okay they had dinosaurs and you'd go in and you could buy shark teeth you could buy all these weird things so i remember i bought for eight dollars which was the equivalent of my dollar allowance every week for eight weeks this was like some hard-earned money yeah and i bought this like petrified supposedly megalodon or something i don't know what it was Did or you maybe it was put a, it on a necklace? white shark no it was humongous oh okay but i had this friend when i was a child wanted to be friends with this person who was my neighbor so badly that i would do anything to please this person so i gave her my 8 dollars megalodon like, oh <laughs> yeah i know it was i don't know i'm i'm saying it's a megalodon i don't know what it was but it was big <laughs> It was probably a, a copy of a great white shark, you know, but they had a lot of real shark teeth there, but they're all tiny. Probably like beachcombers grabbed those. We went to Howe Caverns, which is an awesome cave. Yeah. Out that Howe way caverns. too. So if you do visit the Cardiff Giant, Howe Caverns is not that far away. But the cool thing that happened that day, well, one, my mom was pregnant at the time and she couldn't fit down some of the caverns. The, the caverns because <laughs> she was too big. <laughs> So she had to stay behind, which was really sad to see her left behind, this pregnant lady left behind. Like, I'll just wait here down in the cave. But anyways, you go into How Caverns, and I don't know what it looks like present day because I haven't been there in years. So I had like big gift shop area. And then once you purchase your tickets, you go down like a couple hundred feet down below the surface. And there was a huge storm that was happening. We get into the elevator, even though, and, and this is in the early 80s, so I don't know. Like now everyone is super cautious about everything. So a storm, I think now would have closed down the Howe Caverns, right? But a storm apparently back then was like, "Well, we'll see if it passes, and <laughs> we'll we'll go anyway." So we go down the, this elevator, which this elevator has walls. It's a it's a metal cage. like cage, so yeah. you can see the actual cave wall behind it. And so we're going down, and this is a couple hundred feet, and in the middle we get struck by lightning, and it causes all the power to go out. And we were stuck in between hundreds of feet for a good 20 minutes. <laughs>
2: Remind me to never go on vacations with you guys.
3: Yeah. <laughs> to me as a kid, it didn't give me like anxiety or claustrophobia, which I am definitely claustrophobic now. But back then, I not so much. I just thought it was the greatest experience ever. But luckily, we weren't stuck there for too long. And we able to do the rest of the tour. And now we'll go right
2: into another bonfire story.
1: When I lived at my parents' house back in the day and you had the landline phone that you had to sit next to when you talked on it um I was the only one in the house I don't know where the rest of my family went but I was on the phone with my friend Laura and I heard a knock on our back door and it was really prominent like a loud knock on the door definitely a knock and I said, oh, someone's at the door. But it's funny because I was talking on the phone with her and where I was was right in front of the window at the front of the house and I didn't see anyone go around to the back door. So I thought, well, I just didn't see them. So I got up, I told her to hold on, I got up and went to the back door and opened the back door and there's nobody there. So I shut the door and I come back to talk to her. And I go, well, that's weird. There was nobody there. And she's like, well, I heard it You know, I said, did you hear a knock? And she could hear it on her end of the phone. Like she could hear like someone knocking loudly at the door at my house. So I don't know what happened, but there was definitely nothing there. And I took like two seconds to walk from the phone to the door.
2: The next urban legend, and actually I've experienced, Oakwood Cemetery.
3: Oh yes. Okay.
2: Oakwood is historic and it is beautiful. And it borders Syracuse University, which... If anyone knows what SU Basketball is, that's Syracuse University. And that has been the talk of ghost hunters since it was built in 1859. It's been the center of paranormal attention. And in particular, the Pyramid Monument, because it was built for Comfort Tyler, one of Onondaga County's original settlers. So We're talking old school here. And the Pyramid sits in Dedication Valley, one of the oldest sections in the cemetery, and it's considered to be the most haunted so visitors there report seeing strange lights and other apparitions near the monument. I've been there. I've been to parties at the pyramid. Mm-hmm. You've been to parties, too. Oh, yes. Now, we used to go and park our cars, well, the smart ones would anyway, outside of the cemetery, on the streets. And then we would hike up into the hills, up to the pyramid, and meet up there for parties. You know, drinking that Milwaukee's Beast. <laughs> And again, I wrote about this in my book as well. And one particular party I went to was with your sister. Okay. It wasn't really paranormal. Uh, I mean, it had a weird feeling. And people were talking about weird stories, like the ghost dog that runs through. Apparently, there's a black ghost dog that runs through the cemetery at night.
3: Yeah, I do, I've never heard of that before at all. No,
2: no. Like, they call it like the Hound of Hell. You know, they had to make it all scary.
3: Yeah, as name was probably Otis or something. Yeah, I was like, I'm just looking for
2: (laughs) snacks. Boo-boo. Sit, (laughs) boo-boo, sit. So, uh, yeah, we would just go up there and party, and, you know, the cops would come, and that was, like, pretty much the most paranormal things for us, is because we'd have to run in the dark and hurdle... Hurdle gravestones. Giant gravestones, (laughs) and hope not to take your knees out on the way to make it to the tree line to get to your car. I also had been up there... Oh, I went up there with another friend at night and we were again we were going to meet some friends in a mausoleum and it was you know nothing bad just going to chill out play guitar hang out candles lit so we had a ninja our way up through uh we didn't want to get caught by the cops and i actually did see a dark shadow dog coming through the cemetery Mm -hmm. it wasn't near me but i saw it and i started having heart palpitations like oh my god i've heard about the hound of hell this is this is it (laughs) it could have been just a (laughs) random dog running through the cemetery at night And I think I did see some shadow figures of people, but it could have been people just walking through the cemetery like we were doing, but we were kind of more stealth about it.
3: But in essence, it has a, just a creepy vibe. There's a modern part of the cemetery that you can go to and no one goes to that. But the older part is in these weird craggy hills that are so it's, it's out of a a horror story. Like when you see it, you're just like, wow, this is different looking. Every person I've brought, into the cemetery. I have a, a relative that likes to make films and he saw I'd have to make a film here. He just thought it was so amazing looking.
2: Well, yeah, because they have the old uh, horse hitches still in there. So you yeah. can actually, where they used to hitch their horses. Yeah,
3: there's an interesting tombstone of a lion and you can't just, it's, it's off the beaten track. You got to go down a trail. So it's in hidden. In the woods, actually. It's yes, like, it's, it's hidden in the woods. And it's a lion that is extremely frail, thin, you see its ribs and it has hollow eyes. And I've visited it a million times until someone who I knew was a member of the Oakwood Cemetery Society explained the story behind it. And it's very, very sad. But I guess there was a young man that was very, very ill as a young boy, and his father was trying to, you know, give him the best medical care that he could give him, but it was apparent that he wasn't going to live. But he has he his son if you could be anything in your life, what would you be? And he said, I'd I'd like to be a lion because they're so strong and he describes a lion. So after the boy dies, the father builds a bronze statue of a lion, but he makes him more like his son, like this weak, frail person. And the reason why he had the hollow eyes is so that when it rains, the eyes fill up with water and it, it starts tearing. It's really emotional. Yeah, when I it cries. Yeah. So that's there at the cemetery and you know, that's the story that I've heard. I don't know about but you. But also
2: back. in the cemetery, there's doors, there's random doors in the in, hills in the of hills. like hobbit houses. Right. And yeah. I for the longest time I thought, Who in the hell is going over there? I mean, I part of me wanted to knock.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean they were giant stone slab doors. You know, there's a church. Uh, yeah. But it used like to be chapel. it was a crematorium.
3: Oh, yes. Inside.
2: And there are actual tunnels under the hills where they would roll the bodies. Yes. To get them to the crematorium. So there are actual tunnels underneath the cemetery. And that in itself has a creep factor. Yes. Let us not forget that the Baldwins have plots there. Yes. The Gears have plots there. So.
3: We've been to those, but those are so old. Are are they definitely related? Is yeah, what you're yeah. saying?
2: Yeah, Richard Gere's family, Alec Baldwin's family. You know, that they, goes
3: way back because those were old.
2: Yeah, yeah. But there might be some modern. There might be some modern plots in there with their names on them that I
3: saw. They don't take care of it ultra well. Like there's some things eroding there that I wish they would take care of. The roads are still bad as ever. I've not. I've been there not too long ago. Yeah, they don't. Of,
2: they haven't been taking care of it.
3: No, but there's a society that belongs. To it. you think they would put some money into preserving some things? But
2: oh, it's beautiful—the rolling hills, the mausoleums. I mean, it's really—it's quite- an
3: incredible. It's very old. Yeah, and the pyramid—it kind of is reminiscent. Of like I'm guessing these people were like Freemasons or something. Because who would want a pyramid for their? their right. memorial and i'm guessing more than one person's buried there i've been um, to
2: a lot of cemeteries in other states and this one is quite spectacular so if you ever get yes, a chance to i've never to, seen anything like never it, no. if you if you come to the syracuse area i would definitely recommend taking a tour or actually just driving through it's just so great or walking walking through it so let's uh, listen to some more bonfire stories
4: there used to be an older woman who lived in apartment one where we live now who passed away on her stairs The apartment was open for a long time. Our landlord was doing, like, a lot of renovations for it. And one day I went and got our mail, and I looked over at the door, and I saw what I thought was an older woman dressed in a, like, a robe. A robe?
1: Okay.
4: And I thought that was really weird because nobody was living there. I told Kara about that, and she kind of like shrugged it off and I was like yeah I kind of shrugged it off too. It was weird but do there you, w- there wasn't supposed to be anybody living there. Do
2: you believe it was the ghost of the lady that lived
4: there? The I, I don't even really know what she looked like. But it was weird that there was somebody dressed in a robe standing at the door and she smiled at me. Oh. That was the weird thing.
0: There you go. So uh, our barracks out in uh, California were haunted. All my friends had told me about them having issues yeah. in their rooms their faucets would randomly turn on and they would make jokes about it like they named their ghosts and told them to turn off and the faucets would turn off so we had the, like the secret room where it was a hard key to unlock all the rest of our rooms were like hotel style keys so no one really knew about this room because the other half of our barracks were navy so there was like those guys on the other half so this room was in like the perfect spot where i could hide you could have all the liquor that you wanted in there because no one knew about it so one night i went to bed it was like after i first moved into this room i still had my other room i went to bed and dad woke up because someone was literally poking me in the back and that was the last night i spent in that fucking room because homie don't play that game The like, phantom poker. It was literally, like, like I've never had it ever happen again, so it wasn't like I just imagined it. Like, it was literally like pressure on my back, someone poking me, and I was like, okay, I'm done, we're not staying here anymore.
5: I had just had heart surgery, and I was staying in the opposite bedroom, you know, just so the dogs wouldn't bother me. And Deb says, you know, I'm going to the store, you want to come with me? And I'm just like, you have heart surgery, you're just, like, beat. You're just really, really tired. And I said, nah, I'll, I'm just going to stay here in bed. And all of a sudden, it was broad daylight. I felt like a pounding on the edge of the bed. And I said, Deb, I'm coming with you. <laughs> <laughs> all I could think of was, like, my parents told me, you need to get your ass out of bed.
1: This isn't a scary story. It's an odd story. So it had to be in around 93, 1993. I, I'd gone to the Harbor Fest, and my girlfriend Pam and I were walking down this one park it wasn't near the water but we were walking down this one park and this little boy comes running down the hill he grabs me around the legs and he goes mommy 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 and I'm like where's his parents man this is kind of weird you know and the parents come running down and they said we don't know what's wrong with them Uh, we're his parents and he's holding on to me yelling mommy mommy I want to come with you and it was like that was weird, you know. I mean, what do you do? I said, "I'm sorry. I don't. I don't get it either." Past <laughs> life So, Steph. Yeah.
3: Any more uh, Bigfoot stories or anything crazy like that? Never seen Bigfoot, but I went camping once and heard screaming, like a scream, in the middle of the night. One, I'm an outdoorsy person. I like being outdoors, like I would say, seventy-five percent of the time of my life. And I always assumed my whole life that I loved camping just because I like being outdoors until I went camping for the first time and hated it so bad <laughs> that I was like, I don't think I could ever do this again. And I tried it one more time and that sealed the deal. I'll never go camping again. I'm not a camper. No. You're I glamper. Glamping is fine. I like glamping. Except our glamping experience a couple of years ago that was definitely uh that was in Soda Bay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was very full of spirit activity. Yeah, but anyways, some family members, my brother and some another family member and a friend, they're like, "Let's go camping up in Tully, New York." Well, Tully is like super hilly, like mountainous area that's south of Syracuse, very beautiful. And I was like, "Yes, this is going to be the most awesome thing." We were drinking, we were eating, we had everything that you do for a camp, and then we realized that we did not bring. The tent. We brought the base to the tent, the little like plastic sheet that goes on the bottom. But when we grabbed the tent stuff, it felt full, but there was nothing in there. I don't know why there was nothing in there. And I have no explanation this day why it didn't have any of the tent stuff. So that meant we had to sleep out in the open air. And it was cold. It was later in the summer. So it got down to where you were kind of chilly at night. This is an isolated area, but there are other campers around. So at one point, some kid comes by like on a four wheeler and threatens us with something. It was so bizarre. I think he just wanted our campsite for some reason. He told us there was someone scary around, warning you there's someone around. Is this the elusive Bigfoot? He didn't say. it. specify. Who, to me, it sounded like a person. Like he okay. was, was like he was trying to scare us that someone is nearby, that's gonna cause a problem. So at that point, my brother, they just thought, this is really weird. So they start setting up booby traps everywhere. In case someone comes, we'll hear them ahead of time. This is my second outdoor camping experience. My first one was there was a grave site, never slept, heard coyotes, heard things splashing in the water in the pond nearby. So I thought, this is my second one. I'm going to like this one. And of course, we don't have the tent already. So we set up all these booby traps. None of them went off. I was afraid I was going to run into a booby trap if I had to pee in the middle of the night, which is too much information. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) so anyways i'm wide awake thinking in my head i should just go in my car and stay in my car the whole night because i was freezing and i hear a scream it was a male voice and it was off in the distance wasn't close by but it sounded like human and non-human at the same time and it was so frightening that i stiffened up hearing that wondering what the hell that was there was no turning back no sleep for the rest of the night my brother his girlfriend everyone they're all Sound asleep snoring, and I'm the only one awake hearing this blood curdling scream in the middle of the night. You don't
2: think it was an animal of any type?
3: No. I don't, I mean, I've heard animal cries. I know that bobcats sound very strange, but it didn't sound like coyotes. Coyotes yeah. sound very strange, but this was definitely like so masculine and human sounding. That I couldn't figure out what it was, except it could have been another camper off the distance. But it also had such a projected voice, too, that it sounded inhuman, like it could have been animal. I don't know what the heck So you think that was your Bigfoot? That was my first thought, is it's Bigfoot. And I've heard that there are stories in upstate New York that people have witnessed some weird, strange stuff. I know that the Native Americans that live here definitely believe in them, for sure. I've never, never encountered
2: anything... I I think they're just so elusive. I don't know what to think about it. I'd like to get a cryptozoologist on the show at some point and or somebody familiar, but I don't know. I'm just so apt to discount Bigfoot yeah. just because there's just not enough evidence. It's like a tuft of hair or a footprint, possibly. That could be a total mm-hmm. hoax. And Nobody can ever get them on film. And if they do, they're way back through the trees and they could be a bear. They look like a bear.
3: Mm-hmm. So I
2: really, I don't know what to
3: think about that. But listen. Yeah, I'm not a big believer in Bigfoot. But what the legend is it exists in a spiritual way. I think he's is interdimensional.
2: Yeah. theories I've heard. But let's, uh, let's go into one more bonfire story here. Or maybe a few Bonfoyer stories. We'll omit her name, but go ahead. Um,
4: <laughs> so I spent the night at uh, her brother's house. And we get, we get there. It was kind of late. It was probably like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And we, we had, you know, bags and stuff. I think we went camping or something. And then we are coming back, and we had to watch his dogs. So we get there and everything, and I feel like this weird feeling. And we're in this one bedroom, and she ended up going outside, and I felt someone like, who the hell are you here? And I automatically thought it was her grandfather. So I was like, listen.
2: Her this- dead grandfather? Yeah.
4: Well, he was dead, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know that it was his house. And I said, I think your grandfather doesn't like me. And I (laughs) I told him it's okay, and, like, I, I had a weird, you know, like, weird, strong feeling like this guy was, like, wanting me out of his house.
3: My sister Jess and I were hanging out real late at night with guys, you know how that was. But we decided to go to this restaurant, just hang out with this place. This guy that, you know how Jessica always attracted, like, bad dudes, you know, sometimes? So... It was acting very bizarre and she wanted to get the hell out of there so we tried to leave so we wanted to take off and th- when we tried to leave the guy was like no you're gonna be hanging out he was putting a lot of pressure on us and we were both like we got to get out of here so we're like let's pretend to go to the bathroom because he didn't really want us to leave so we're like let's just climb out of the bathroom window so we can escape him right it was taking us some time and then we we're thinking he. Maybe he's looking for us or whatever. We had to hurry up, and it was like kind of high up. We had to open up and get out. So I'm getting out first, and all of a sudden I feel my leg being pulled, just like I'm pulling yours.
4: You know, Whiskey Hollow Road yeah. in Beeville. I was driving down that one night with me and my buddies, and uh, I parked right up near the cave next to the watering hole, and we're just like antagonizing anything in there. Nothing showed, but when we started reading Bible scriptures, we heard nothing, so we decided to get out of there. We go up, we pull a U-turn, and then in my headlights is a little girl in a pink, bloody dress, walking slowly towards my car. And I've never been so scared in my life that we were all in tears, and I don't know how I got out of that.
5: You know, right, you know, in the headlights. It was like a white orb, a white orb. And I, I'm like going, and it wasn't from my headlights either. And as, as I drove by, I was like on, holy crap. Cause, Cause it went through the trees and I passed by it. Yeah, it was like, you see more strange shit at night. That was my brush with uh, extraterrestrial, whatever paranormal, okay. but it was really strange. I mean, and it was like right in the trees. Nobody was flashing a light. It was too intense.
2: So that was an interesting UFO story. Um, Have you had any experiences or known of anyone that has had any experiences with UFOs? I've seen a lot personally here where I live. And when I say UFOs, I mean unidentified flying objects. I don't know for sure that they're alien, but I've seen some strange things. And I think it's because my house is on track to the army base up north. So they follow the river line and I live near the river line. So I've seen some odd glowing orbs and flashes of lights. And again, I've written about this.
3: Yeah, I was always a believer in... Obviously UFOs, the strict definition is unidentified flying objects. So I would say, yeah, I've seen a lot of those. Can't explain. Uh, My father a big believer in in, you know ufos and he had some strange experiences i know there's a history for onondaga lake which is our main lake that's right next to the city it's not very large compared to all the finger lakes and all these different lakes around us so it's quite small compared to our region but there's been a a ton of stories of people seeing things coming out of the lake Mm -hmm. taking off I've never seen that. I lived on the lake my whole life, so I've never seen anything weird on it. never seen
2: a USO, unidentified, submergible object.
3: Nothing like that. Only dead carp. Okay. And
2: (laughs) heroin needles.
3: Heroin needles. (laughs) Plastic straws. (laughs) Homeless person wandering around. (laughs) But my father, on the way to work one day, had seen something where it was a V formation of UFOs. And he said that everyone was pulled over on the highway that was adjacent to the lake and this got on the news by the way so it wasn't just people seeing it it definitely and my dad worked for the news station so he could verify it but everyone pulled over to look at it and he said the moment that they were in this V formation and they're watching it all of a sudden they split apart and went their separate ways he said it was so and they went very rapidly so I feel like there's a lot of witnesses I tried to look this up to see if there was some sort of newspaper article, and I know that it was reported, but I couldn't find it.
2: There was an article, kind of the same similar thing happened right on my lake here on Oneida. Okay. And uh, they did have, I think they even had footage. It was like in the late 70s, maybe. Okay. And if you YouTube that, Oneida Lake UFOs, you, you'll actually see people capturing some weird stuff.
3: Was it the V formation they was it saying? Was the v because formation my, that's if about it was... the same time that my dad said that he yeah. saw it was in the 70s. it, it might have been. I'd have to look. There was another incident as a child that I experienced with my own sister where we would wake up very early to watch cartoons Saturday morning and all of a sudden we had this large hum and light so we heard this really large hum and it was felt like it was vibrating the whole house. And then the light came through our window and my mom just had my brother Tim. So she was exhausted from having a newborn and we couldn't wake her up to tell her what's going on. And the light was so bright, lit up our whole living room. But yet when we'd look out the window, we couldn't see anything because that's how bright the light was. So we, to this day, we couldn't figure out what it was. But my dad was big into going to this diner every Sunday morning and the waitress at the diner said that she had seen something Saturday on her way to the diner that was in Lakeland of a UFO. Well, we all experienced. And even my neighbor said that all the dogs were barking crazy, saw the light and heard the hum. So as children were like, okay, we saw a UFO, but we really didn't see anything except light. So we don't know what it was. And I don't know anything that bright or who would disturb a whole neighborhood. If you were some sort of municipality, are you doing construction? Or it was super early in the morning. Like, why would you be just putting out all this light and making all this ruckus in the early morning? So that to me was kind of a weird experience. Another neighbor of mine that lived across the street said that they had seen cars pulled over on uh, 690 adjacent to the lake. And they saw something come right out of the lake and they all watched it leave. So it was like one of those USOs, USO's yeah. you know, because it was a lake, which a small lake. You figure what, what do they want to do with that? We know there's a lot of uh, toxic stuff in well, yeah, that lake. Is it's full of mercury. Maybe the aliens needed mercury. <laughs> yeah. and they're making a... they needed it for their
2: fuel. I like talking about urban legends. I know there's many, many more that we didn't get to cover. We might have to do a part two.
3: I think that we'll have to.
2: Could be slated for the future. That's right. Uh, So I just want to thank all our listeners.
3: Listenership. I just
2: want to thank our listenerships. No. (laughs) They're here. I just want to thank the listeners. (laughs) Hold on. Take three. (laughs) I just want to thank all the listeners for tuning into our podcast and listening to our shenanigans. And if you'd like to get in contact with us, go to anchor.fm slash to the spirit. Leave us a message. You can also contact us at to the spirit pod at gmail.com. You can also find us on all the major platforms, probably on the minor platforms as well. And you can find us on YouTube at to the spirit like subscribe share rate us let us know how we're doing let us know if you want to hear your story we'll be happy to share your scare mail and we can't wait to talk to you can't wait to hear from you I'm back and I'm Steph and don't fry bacon when you're naked
1: (laughs) (laughs) bye guys to the spirit supernatural science and
5: aliens I'm ghosting ghosting, ghosting.
0: psychic
5: mystic Spirit, divine source, heaven, the dead.
3: It's magic.